Hi, this is Gina Carruthers with Following Titus 2. Thank you for joining me for this week's devotion and podcast. It is a big topic. It's parenting, but it's not just parenting. It's brave parenting. Today we live in a society that managing media and creating Christian character within our children is a greater challenge than ever before. And it seems like we're continually battling for the uh, home to stay a safe place for our children. Today, I invite you to join me as we had a guest speaker at Calvary Church, Kelly Newcomb, and she is a fantastic advocate for brave parenting. I will put a link to Kelly's book in our description. It is called Managing Media creating character. And Kelly has seven children and she knows what she's doing. She's done this. Uh, she has, uh, now her children are preteen ages up to adults. She's gone down this path. She knows what she's talking about and she's going to share that with us today. I invite you to join us as Kelly shares her heart about brave parenting. Be strong, my friend. Glad to have Kelly Newcomb with us tonight, and uh, and so we welcome her. She has a a well, I don't know. I guess in a way it's a business, but in a way it's a ministry. So it's kind of it's really kind of more a ministry uh, helping parents. And uh, so so she's going to come and speak to us tonight. I do want to encourage you to purchase her book if you haven't done so already, and it'll be a great book to help you, especially if you're parenting. But if you're grandparenting. You also need to know this information. If you're part of the church community helping us all to raise our children, you need to know this information. You need to understand kind of where the world is. And it's easy for us to get isolated and not really know what's happening in our culture. So, uh, so tonight we're blessed to have Kelly Newcomb with us. We want her to come right now and let's welcome her. And uh, she's going to talk to us for a little bit this evening. Thank you, Kelly, for being with us tonight. Welcome to Calvary. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very honored, humbled to be here, to be speaking. This is a small little topic. I don't know if any of you ever heard of a smartphone. It's really new, right? Does anybody have one of these? I want you all to get it out. I want you to... If... I've got some prizes. So we're going to get this off started a little fun. If anybody is willing to look, if you have it tracked, and tell me what your screen time is, I've got a prize for the person who has the highest amount of screen time and a prize for the person who has the lowest. Now, while I'm doing this, I'm going to give you the average amount of screen time that an adult uses is nine hours a day. That's adults, and it's the same as teenagers. So guess who really, we just really can't be that upset that kids just seem that they look on their phone. We have a lot more productive reasons to be on it. Okay, who would like to give me a number? If, okay, if you have an Apple phone, it tracks it automatically. If you have an Android, if you don't have it set up to do so, you might not be able to tell. Okay, someone shoot out a number. Hour and 32, that's pretty awesome. Eight hours is the high. Who's got lower than an hour and 32? 90 minutes, anybody lower? An hour and 25. He's got a flip phone. Yes. <laughs> okay, so anybody higher than eight hours? 
higher than eight hours? Do you have an Android? Okay, so Android is set up through the, the Google setup. So if you don't have it automatically like already set up, it's probably not tracking you. So, okay, someone, yeah, because I think they, old Androids, I know. Apple screen time usually tells you. Some people look a little embarrassed like they don't want to say their number. Oh, <laughs> just today, but that's still pretty. I know you were using maps. You were driving all over town, weren't you? All in that, yeah, that, those. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Screen time, screen time, template. Okay. So the gift is, which I guess we have our low of an hour and 25, unless we want to count the flip phone, but we're good. <laughs> so this is, um, this is a circle. Have you ever heard of a circle? This connects them and give you a brief overview. The circle connects to your home router. It recognizes everything that's connected to your home internet. And then you can set um, device limits. So if your child has an iPad that connects to your home internet, you can set limits for that iPad. If you, when you are home using your internet, want to control how much scrolling on Instagram or Facebook you're doing, you can set limits through this device and it just connects right to your home router. It's pretty nice. So, and this is an older one that they don't even sell anymore because now, like everything in the world, they now require subscription. But this one does not. It's gonna work as soon as you hook that up to your home router. Yeah. All right, so is there anybody lower than an hour and 20? Oh, oh, we got higher. Who's my hour and 25? And if you can't use it, give it to someone who can. All right, and you got the other one? Uh, how many out, what did he have back there? He doesn't need one, okay. <laughs> All right. That's the reality, right, is we, um, we as adults, can find a lot of productive reasons to be on our smartphones. Make sure this is working, okay. We can find a lot of productive reasons, but the world around us and even us are all so tempted by the technology. Today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over some aspects of technology. I'm gonna start very broad because I think there are some things that we as Christians are missing and not only we are missing the whole world is missing but since we are the light of christ we truly have to be the ones going out leading the way in our neighborhoods in schools wherever in our jobs in our places because we may have it figured out maybe a little bit better than the next person but n not everyone does and so we really need to be leading the way in this so what brave parenting does is we take a biblical worldview and then we set a standard based on that biblical worldview. Now, when I started Brave Parenting in 2015, I didn't actually apply it this way. I kind of said, hey, you know what? We need to set the standard based on what we see is going on in the world. And I realized that actually doesn't work that well. We, it absolutely has to be grounded in the word of God first. We set our standard based on the word and then we apply our limits and then we say, okay, how can we use media and technology in a God honoring healthy way?
So that is the tank that we now do at Brave Parenting. After COVID, I kind of took a little bit of a break. If you remember, I have seven kids. They are now, let's see if I can remember, 15, 15, 16, 19, 20, 21, and 24. So I've been in this media and technology battle for a really long time. So when COVID happens, almost everything like everybody else just came to a screech, screeching halt. And I decided that I was going to pursue my master's in theology and apologetics because if I was going to write another book, I absolutely had to be grounded in the word. And so that's what I've been doing. So I haven't been speaking tons, but I am so glad to be just up here educating y'all. So thank you again for having me. So let's go ahead and kind of jump right in. Four pieces to the puzzle. The first two, you guys already realized. I was talking to Miss Gina earlier, and the reality is, is there's internet everywhere. You can't, you just can't limit it anymore. It used to be like, oh, I'm going to limit my kids' data or, you know, not give them the Wi-Fi password. It's just, it's almost impossible now to limit it. It is everywhere. And we all have these personal devices. Even if you're not buying, or maybe your neighbors, right, if they're not buying devices for their children, they can get them from anywhere, right? They call them burner phones or burner devices. It's so easy to just get an old device from someone else and use that. So those are everywhere. We can't stop it. This is what it is. Now, there's the second two aspects. I think it overlooked as to what the real problem is. The first two, we can do really nothing about. The second two, they exist, but with the right mindset, we can really start to change our focus. So this idea of, of self-focus, not only is your device, your device and your screen just right there in front of you. You can lower the brightness so that only you can see it. You can put those little screen covers on it so that no one can look at it from the side. There's tons of ways to make that just for you. And that's just scratching the surface. These websites, these social media platforms, every single app that you use is customizing your experience. They are collecting every bit of data that they can, making it even more all about you. So it breeds this self-obsession. My phone is all about me. Of course it is, right? So you have the algorithms, the customization. You can change the way your screen looks, put little widgets, and you know, kids love it. All of these different things. And so we become self-obsessed. Who's ever been around someone Maybe a teenager who feels a little bit self-obsessed. Oh, come on. You've been, you know, come to my house. Okay. <laughs> right? But what we kind of fail to realize is that self-love, which, man, the internet sure loves to promote. I mean, self-love, man, you have got to love yourself before you can love someone else, which is absolutely the antithesis of the word of God. <laughs> but not only is self-love self-obsession, but self-hatred is equally self-obsession. You're still thinking of yourself. So even if you're being bullied online or you're mixed in in some hateful comment thread, right, and you're, or, or whatever, like it's still self-obsession. It's still all about you. It becomes all about your feelings and your likes and your validation and how you feel and your opinion and your desires. It is all about you. And scripture says the complete opposite. It is not about you. It is not about you. 
So when we are talking to not only our children, but we are talking to our neighbors, this is a foundational problem with the smartphone, with all media, with all technology, is it has been so made for you. And when we continue to focus on me, on, you know, on the you, it's a big problem. And that really goes into this next part, which is worldly. And to that, we're gonna talk about worldview. This is an aspect, and maybe, maybe your church and, and you guys teach it a little bit better, but I would say in general, a lot of us as Christians have kind of just forgotten what this word means and in teaching it. So worldview is essentially how you view the world, right? Brave Parenting is approaching all of this from a biblical worldview. But our kids today are not growing up with a biblical worldview. They're growing up with a worldly worldview. That's exactly what it is. So if you play this out, if you don't know what your purpose is, right? Everybody asks at some point in life, what's my purpose? Why am I here? What's my value? And if you don't go back or you don't know how to go back to in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created man in his own image. And therefore my value is found in my creator. If we don't go back to that, well, then you have to accept something else. So what happens in this world, I know you all know it, is you accept, well, I guess that must be some sort of cosmic accident, right? You have to accept something else. And if you don't have value found in your creator, because this is what's happening to every teenager out there without a biblical worldview. If you don't, well, I mean, if I don't have value and I don't have purpose, well, then this person online doesn't have purpose. Right, that kid at school, I can bully them. I can say what I want to this person online. And it begins to take down this very dark path. And it's the path of evil. We know this, this is sin. Because if these people don't matter, if my friends don't have value and their life isn't, isn't worth anything, then sadly, those kids at that elementary school, their lives aren't worth anything either. And this is what happens when there is no solid worldview foundation. And the, the internet is all about truth claims. Truth claims. There is not about truth. If you don't have a biblical worldview, if you don't have any worldview, there's no truth, right? There's only truth claims. And when you only have truth claims and you don't have anything balancing that with real solid truth, what are you weighing the scales? What are you weighing that truth with? You're weighing it on your feelings. You're weighing it on your emotions. And this is what kids Teenagers have been doing life based on their feelings and emotions forever, but now so much more is at stake. So much more because they're being bombarded with everything that is not truth. So when we wonder, why has it gone so astray? Why are we so, you know, where we're at? These two aspects of being so self-focused and not having the proper worldview is absolutely crucial. So we've got to start there all the time. If we are interacting with neighbors, friends, coworkers, and they're wondering why their kids are struggling, these are great topics. I, I don't like to throw the word narcissism out there, you know, that's, but if, you're, if they're talking about, oh, my kid is so self-focused, ask these questions. Why do you think they're so self-focused? Do you think it's the internet, right? Do you think it's the media they're consuming? Do they know the difference between truth and non-truth, truth claims? Okay, now I want to go through three truths 
that yes, I did write these truths, but I do believe <laughs> that they still really do stand solid on scripture. And that is tech savvy is not tech mature. Thank you for joining us tech for this devotion and podcast mature. today. If you enjoyed it, so we encourage you to please like it well, and share it with a friend. Visit us at following Titus 2 for the latest Bible studies, resources, and devotions, and recipes. Don't forget that. Have a great day. Calculator apps that look like that they are, you know, are calculated and they're really hiding pictures or folders. Social media, social media challenges. I mean, yeah, you can get popular on TikTok doing silly stuff, but just because you're savvy does not mean that you're mature, right? I mean, anybody can really swallow a Tide Pod, but who really wants to, right? That's not mature. Um, VPNs. VPNs used to be a great way to be more secure in your searching if you're doing business. And now they are absolutely exploited by teenagers. You can have a, a school district who puts strict limits. Doesn't matter. I've seen it in every single school I've spoken at and my own kids have done it too. They download a VPN through the school network. They use they download at home through Google Drive or something like that, whatever, video game. Like for a long time, it was Fortnite. All these administrators were telling me that they'd catch students in the school playing Fortnite. How'd they get through? And I told them, they're downloading it to their Google Drive at home. They're using a VPN to bypass all of your school's restrictions. They're uploading it through the drive. There they are playing it instead of learning, right? That's savvy, but it is not mature. Multiple accounts. Oh, that's fine. Oh, look, mom and dad, I've got this great account. We're going to be friends on Instagram together, right? Oh, but behind there is probably six other accounts that they can do whatever it is that they want to do and hide that from parents. So that's savvy. But what about mature? Well, mature is having nothing to hide. That's saying, yeah, absolutely. I understand that if you're going to allow me to have this phone or you're going to allow me to have the social media account, you can view it at any time. That's mature. Mature is also using social media to connect for an actual purpose. You know, like, oh, this is my, my, you know, I'm connecting with the church. Or like, Ashley was just telling me, like, you know, moms are connecting on Instagram. A lot of times that works really well. I can connect with people from all over the world for brave parenting on Facebook. There is a, a purpose for it. But when you're going on there just to, like, flirt with girls and try and see if you can get nude pictures, not mature. Not mature at all, right? Exploiting the worst parts of it. There's really a time and a place for everything. If I just stopped right now and I was like, oh my, hold on, hold on. I got to answer this text message. Like, that is not the time and place at all. It is not. My day job, my day job is I'm a pharmacist. And so I give tons of immunizations. I work at HEB. And I give vaccines all the time. And let me tell you how many times kids have to, have to be looking at a phone or a device in order to get a vaccine. To the point where, you know, they'll be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta, I gotta take this phone call. I mean, I see it all the time, right? There's a time and a place. Let's just get this done. You know, I've got a line of people who, <laughs> you know, so it's very interesting to me Let's just be honest, that also is parents. It's also adults. Um, but mature is also purposeful. Doing it for a purpose. My guess is, is your eight hours or your nine hours today wasn't scrolling 
a social media feed the entire time. Chance, maybe, but, but chances are, you know, if you look at mine, maybe there's like my fitness app or my maps that I use. And yes, messages is going to be pretty high. And maybe some music podcasts are really high. That Sure, it all adds to my screen time, but that's all adding to my life, right? It's not detracting. It's not taking away. So tech savvy is not tech mature. The second truth is tech consumed is not healthy. It is not healthy. Being consumed by your phone is not good for your health. We can, I mean, we all know, not only are you more um, lazy, I'll just use the, the easy word, <laughs> you know, um, less active, but it's not your neck, your posture, your eyes, there's so many things. But also, what we see as freedom is absolutely bondage for our children. It is a totally different aspect. You, your kids might say to you, well, you're on your phone, you know, your device nine hours, and then you look at the TV, and then you look at the computer. But the reality is, is are you using it for your job? Are you using it to manage your household? Right? That's where that purpose comes in. What, you know, what are the children doing? What is the real purpose? Are we really needing to be entertained to that extent? We are entertaining ourselves to death. That is bondage. Not only that, but there are numerous amounts of studies that show increased amount on so time on social media increases your risk for depression, anxiety, self-harm, and suicidal thoughts. There is a direct correlation to that. Now, granted, they don't know what comes first, the increased social media or the suicidal thoughts. The you know, does the social media make the suicidal thoughts worse? Regardless, what we know is that all of a sudden, our youth now has the number two cause of death being suicide. And that is all from 2007 when the smartphone came out. So it's pretty easy to me to kind of point to the fact that when you're focusing on you, 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 and your worldview is completely skewed because of all of the truth claims that you're seeing on social media, it's really easy for Satan to get in there, to take root. The next truth is tech-savvy and consumed does not guarantee success. <laughs> a lot of times, your kids, other kids, they'll want to tell you, I just, I just want to be a YouTube star. I just want to be TikTok famous. Right? I mean, this, I, I can totally do that. I hear it all the time. But the reality is, is, yeah, you can do that. You do have to be absolutely consumed. If you look at any of these people who've made it big on these platforms, it is a more than full-time job, even if you're a professional video game player. So I've got these stats for you. Hope, I hope you enjoy them. Your chances of going to the NBA is, you know, if you're a high school basketball player, a senior high school basketball player, your chances are still 0.008% chance of going to the NBA. To win the, be in the top 200 of the Fortnite World Cup. So a 16-year-old won this like four years ago, and he won like millions of dollars, and and every child was like, that's me. That's me. 0.005%. Um, YouTube star, you know, even smaller. But look at that bottom number, right? Arrested by the age of 23. One in three. Now, I'm, I'm just saying, maybe you got a, a really bad parking violation. 
maybe you forgot to pay your insurance and, you know, things compounded and it, you didn't do anything like really illegal. But I'm just saying there is a 33% chance of being arrested by the age of 23. And remember, our brains don't fully develop until we're 25. So there's grace, right, to cover all those areas. But the reality is it does not guarantee success at all. All right, so now I wanna go through, so those are kind of like the broad pictures. Those are the truths that we really have to keep in mind because it is really easy to be swayed by this world. It is really easy for your child to try and convince you, I have to have it. The school says I have to have a device. My friends will not communicate with me unless I have Snapchat. I'm going to lose all of my friends, whatever it is. I've heard every single excuse, I think, until tomorrow, then I'll probably hear a new one. But it is so easy to be swayed, so you have to stand solidly on that truth as well as God's word, right? This is not a need. All right, so the three most popular social medias, just in case you are not in on all of this, I just wanna give you an overview so that when your child asks to have this or your you know friend at work says, um, you know, I think I'm gonna give my eight-year-old Instagram, you can be like, record stop, we need to talk. Okay, so some of the features of Instagram, right, is just sharing pictures and videos. They also have stories, stories last 24 hours. Important to note that Instagram stole stories from Snapchat, and now TikTok stole the idea of stories and they are introducing that to their platform. So they all just steal each other's ideas. So they're all just kind of the same, but there's differences and we're gonna go over some of those. Um, direct messages or DM. This is really important because you think that, oh, I read my kids' text messages. That means nothing if they have a social media platform because they can direct message with anybody else including anybody else can direct message them. If you're not turning this, the features off and any parental controls on, anybody on Instagram can direct message them. So just my Brave Parenting account alone, when I actually used it, I would get constant bombardments of, of pornographic requests of like, hey, join my webcam, you know, whatever. And I thought, I have a business. I'm not even like, <laughs> you know, like I'm not even like, posing as like a 13 year old girl or something like this is crazy to me um the explore option is how you search for people it's how you search for businesses but they also give you a whole bunch of content that is totally unnecessary and so you know you can say oh my kids i just tell them not to look at that area but that's what instagram wants you to do they want you to get lost in that feed that is the feed that is going to keep you scrolling and in, in the rabbit hole and then Reels, Reels is the feature that they basically stole from TikTok, which is, you know, the short little videos. Okay. Snapchat, hold on, I'm gonna get a drink of water. I need that for Snapchat because. I'm not gonna hide my feelings. I absolutely loathe Snapchat. It is the worst the absolute worst, I am convinced that Satan himself was present in, in creating it. Essentially a snap is just a picture, it can disappear or you can save it forever that you just send back and forth to one another. 
it has the discovery section and the stories and the discovery is like the worst of all tabloids you could ever look at. That's kind of how <laughs> you must know. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever looked at it, it is, it's like tabloids on steroids. Like it's terrible. It's like garbage information you would never really ever want to know, but then you get kind of intrigued and are like, oh, let me look at this like news story. It's just, it's garbage. Um, the chat feature, unlike Instagram direct messages where you have to delete the message if you don't want it to ever be seen again, Snapchat does that automatically. So I'm, if I send a message to you like, hey, let's meet up tonight, you go back to that, message is gone. Like, you know, so there's no tracing conversations at all. The spotlight feature, that's also their version of TikTok stories or um, videos. And then the streaks. Now, I am going to give it to Snapchat because this was a genius business idea. A streak is essentially like if I send you a snap and you send me a snap, when we got one day where we sent a snap back and forth to each other, if we keep that going every single day, man, we do that for a year, we've got a 365-day streak. So what you see kids doing is they just go in there to constantly keep up their streaks. My husband is a high school teacher and he immediately, keeping up your streaks, keeping up your streaks, keeping up your streaks, every single child as they're walking into the classroom. They're not talking to friends, they're looking at their device, taking pictures of the floor just to keep up their streaks because that number means something. What does it mean? It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. But they've been so tricked to think that I have to do this, right? This is the savvy, but it's not mature. It's not purposeful at all. All right, and then TikTok. So TikTok, I will, I will admit, has some pretty cool video creation um, ability. I mean, you can do a lot of amazing things. The For You page, and if you download TikTok, not that I, not that I recommend that you do, but if you do it, you don't even have to create an account. As soon as that app loads, you can immediately just start scrolling the For You page. And they'll just give you videos on videos on videos. Now granted, you don't need to create an account, but you better believe that they're, connect they're collecting every bit of data that they can from your phone while you are on that app. The Discover section allows you to search, you know, sometimes I think this picture says like, Best Friends Day. They just have certain themes that they encourage people or certain songs that come out that they're encouraging people to make videos for. You can search that. And then there's also direct messages like there is in all of the apps. Now, here's the important part for us as parents. What kind of limits and monitoring are there? Well, Instagram, there's some. They announced that they're supposed to be coming out with more. <laughs> I'm waiting, but I'm not holding my breath. The, the limits that are there can be turned off by your child. Yeah, so they're there, but they're not parent protected. There's nothing that stops them from going back in and turning everything back off. So while I'm glad that it's there and there are some kids and adults who will absolutely abide by that, and yeah, that's healthy. I need that time limit on there. I need to not have everybody find me. That's just not the case for most kids. It's just too tempting. Snapchat, zero, zero, absolutely zero. They have some, you can really, it would be a full-time job, honestly, to try and get into your kid's Snapchat and try and limit and 
you have to like basically try and trick the algorithm to not show you garbage. I've, <laughs> I've read some, some blog posts, some internet, you know, articles about it. And even I, who kind of do this on a regular basis, find that almost impossible. So Snapchat, no controls whatsoever. And although they said that they were coming out over a year ago, nothing. To no surprise. And then TikTok, here's the thing. TikTok is extremely, extremely engaging, almost to the point of addiction. That algorithm is so good at pinpointing your interests and keeping you going, but, and they know it, <laughs> and they know it, but they give you parental controls and they are password protected. And for that, I really commend the app because no other social media platform has ever done that. As a matter of fact, if you join the app at 13, which is the minimum age, between 13 and 15, 13, 14, and 15, they don't even give you access to direct messages. So no one in that age range can, can contact anyone and no one can contact them. That's pretty great because you just don't see it elsewhere. And then even then you can limit, um, you can put time limits on it. And that's good for yourself too, let's just be honest. If you enjoy TikTok, I know a lot of adults do. Y'all are looking at me like you don't. I know there's some people who's gotta have the app in here. Um, but if you enjoy it, then you can set your own limits because you really can get lost into the feed. And so that's, that's great too. So that is by far, people ask me all the time, if you were gonna allow one app, what would it be? I'm like the Bible, right? So I don't know, I love the Bible, but no. But I would, I honestly would still say TikTok and it's all because of those limits. Because no other app allows you to do that. And you can change, you can do it remotely. You can connect it from your phone. And that just by far sets it up being better. Now with that said, let's go to the main solution. <laughs> Weight and limits. Weight and limits. I have, I'm just gonna be real honest. So I've got seven kids. I have held my ground. I have held it so tight and have been so adamant about my limits that I have had some who've, who, you know what? I don't want any of that stuff. You're right. Now I'm 18 now and that's just kind of all garbage. You know, I, I tried it for a month. At, at 18, I allow them to have Snapchat. That's the first time that I'll allow them to have it on a phone that I pay for. Because they're an adult. I feel like by that time, right? You know what? It's garbage. You're right. You're right all along. I didn't need it. But then I have some, a few, who completely obsess over it. And they dive straight in and say, what have I been missing out all my life? Let me download every single social media app. Right? I mean, this is human nature. Some, some just get it and some don't. That's just the way that it is. But that does not discount our requirement, our responsibility to weight and limit. God created adolescents and the way that he created them, their brains are growing so much. And when we don't wait and we don't limit, we are just exploding their growth and development. They're having to learn about the entire world and what it means and what is evil and what is good, what is truth and what is false. 
in such a short span of time. They're trying to figure out all of this. If we don't wait and we don't limit, we are not giving their brain the time that they need to truly, to truly develop. This is one of the main reasons we must wait and limit. So when I say wait, let's just start with a phone because that's usually a real common question. When do I give my child a phone? My best answer is it's different for every single child inside of every single family. There is no one answer fits all cookie cutter type of way. You'll have a lot of, of people like me will say 15, you know, give them a different type of phone, give them a flip phone. Some kids are just more mature and you can limit it. You can really lock down everything. My family uses iPhones. We can give them an iPhone that literally can only text like 10 people and check the weather. <laughs> I can turn off every other feature that you know makes it easy. You can do that on an Android with third-party monitoring services. You can really give them a smartphone that is them. And, and remember, remember we, when we first started, most of us, I don't know, were the Android, just with some young ones in here. When we started, we started with the landline, you know, and then we went to like a flip phone and maybe we went to a Blackberry. And even when we went to the smartphone, we didn't have all the features. It didn't come automatically with all of this. And we slowly, slowly over years worked our way to this device that can do everything. What in the world makes us think that a 13 year old can go from zero to 100 in a smartphone and be able to handle it? There's no way we, <laughs> First of all, we can barely handle it as adults, and we went into it slowly. So that is extremely important. So the wait really is, when do you need your child to have a phone? Are they away from you? Do you need to contact them at certain points in time? Are they home by themselves? Are they babysitting? I know for my daughters, that was a big point, is they started babysitting, and no one has landlines anymore. And so if there was an emergency, you know, we'd have to give them one of our phones or something like, you know, they, they kind of needed a phone to be able to call out. So what's the purpose, right? Is there a purpose? And when I say limit, I really mean limit. Limit time, limit content. And that's not just on phones, but that's like if you are have a, a television at home that has Netflix or Amazon Prime TV. And yet limit using all of those built-in features that they give you. So many times I hear, oh, they, you know, they, they got into something bad, you know, on the Xbox. Well, did you know that Xbox has parental controls built in that are really phenomenal? You can stop them from doing so much, right? Utilize these, these resources and slowly add them back in. When it comes to screen time management, my, these are my, my four-step approach. Number one is parental involvement and role modeling. Don't think that you can sit there at dinner time and look at your phone or answer text messages and then expect your child to do something different. I mean, this isn't, this isn't rocket science. This is straight up role modeling. If you are using your phone in your car at that red light, what do you think your child's going to do when they're 16? This is just straight up role modeling. So make sure that you're involved. You're watching what they watch. I often, let me tell you, I did not like watching a lot of the stuff that my kids kind of wanted to watch or playing video games with them or watching along. 
but I did it because I wanted to make sure, is this appropriate? Do I need to step in and say anything at any point in time saying, hey, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that person said. That is so, so important of co-viewing in that way. Number two is having house rules and house limits. I know a lot of people do not allow phone use in the car at all. So if you're picking your kid up from school, a great time to actually have a conversation instead of them continuing their conversation with their friends is when you have this perfect time and you're both just in the car, right? That's a great time. Set that as a rule if you haven't already. The dinner table, basic, basic, right? That should always be family time. And it's not always 100% that perfect, right? Sometimes you have to answer a text message. Sometimes you have to answer a phone call. But teach your kids by saying, I am, I am so sorry. I'm going to answer this text messages from, you know, your brother who needs to be picked up from school. I know we were in a great conversation, but I need to take this right now. And tell them who it is. Tell them why you're answering it. That way they do the same thing to you. They can tell you who they're talking to. Device-enabled limits. This is what I was just talking about. Whether it is your smart television, whether it is the iPad, if you have a smart refrigerator, you need to make sure that it is blocked using some sort of router limits or something because you can, <laughs> I've read articles of people downloading video games and porn to their refrigerator. So it, I mean, anything that connects to the internet, you've got to think what can get through. <laughs> It's, it's bad, right? So anything that you have that connects to the internet, you've got to be cognizant of. And this is one thing that you need to share with your neighbors, because if your kids go play anywhere else and they are not in the same faith, they're not in the same, you know, under the same limits, they can be exposed so easy to something that you did not want them to be exposed to. So do this and then teach your neighbors. Um, so the phones, um, all of your computers, your video games, all that. And then third-party monitoring services. This is where you pay someone to put extra limits on, usually like $10, $15 a month. It's really great. I have some resources listed on a sheet of paper. There's a lot of great companies out there. What I have found is some are just better at customer service. Um, you were just telling me that the one that you're using, what's it called, MM Guardian? Great customer service, as, as a matter of fact, when she reported something and actually they up, did an a update to the service because of something that was getting through. Some are really awesome and really on top of it and they truly care about kids. They really do, it's not just about business. Um, so I've got some of those um, listed out there, It'd be um, futility just to really go through every single one, there's so many. But I do also wanna tell you about the Gab phone. The Gab phone is an Android-based phone with no internet and no app store. So it looks like a smartphone, but it does not act like a smartphone. I have had this for several of my kids throughout middle school and it's been very beneficial. Um, it, the phone itself costs like $99 to purchase it. It's $20 a month for the service. The service is good. There's no app store. There's none of that. There's a radio, there's an FM radio. And so, I mean, it's still music. Let's just be real, dude, you have to. We have, we all just come to believe like, oh, we have to have, you know, like Spotify. No, 
you don't, right? Just go to a radio. It's still good. Like, so bring, I'm not asking them to go back to cassette tapes, but there's nothing wrong with the radio, right? Um, unlimited calls and texts. Anyway, so all of that. That's a great option. We use that option for a lot of our kids who were in sports, but we just did not feel like they were mature enough to have a full-fledged smartphone. It's a little cheaper, so it was good. So that's another feature. So going back to where we started, the biblical worldview. When you consider the amount of internet-connected devices, when you consider what the internet is pushing, when you consider that it is the world and the world is not for Christ, and more than that, it is not for children. They are not for children. They do not care at all what happens to them. None of these businesses do, and we have to acknowledge that. So we take our biblical worldview, and then we say, what does God's word say about this topic? Because it's not going to directly say, hey, you should really, you know, <laughs> thou shall not, you know, use Snapchat. But if Snapchat is full of sexual immorality, you would believe that there is a direct correlation and you should not be allowing your child to be using that. And so we set the standard and we hold fast. We hold fast. We continue to point our children, point all the children that we are in contact with, our grandchildren, everybody, to the standard, knowing that it's not about you, right? They need a, they need a bigger picture, the bigger picture that they are involved in and it's not just them and their screen. Amen. All right, so that's my presentation. I hope that y'all have a lot of questions. There's some information about me. I have a whole archive of podcasts that you can go back and listen to. Um, my master's classes really keeps me a little busy, so I haven't recorded it in about six months, but there's still a whole lot of stuff back there, um, and that's available on all your normal podcast platforms. So um, that can really be a benefit. You can also share it with friends as well if they. So basically, I'm going to say use your standard messaging platform that comes with the phone. Whether that, if that's an Apple phone, that's your iMessage, which you can turn off iMessage on an Apple phone. And you can also turn off the sending and receiving of pictures when you do that, which is a great option for young people. Um, but that's, I don't have a list necessarily of, because there is, there's so many. And honestly, I don't, I've never recommended allowing any of them. I know that if you're gonna allow something like Instagram or Facebook, that obviously gives you the messenger app. That can expose, especially young girls, so much. You can connect with, with men with from, the wrong purpose, you know, the wrong intentions to just guys, you know, or whatever in your high school or in your kind of peer group. But it's really dangerous depending on the self-worth of that person. So I usually recommend don't, don't use any of them. It's too much. If you as a parent don't have time to monitor all of those, and again, it would be a full-time job, then don't allow it. And when it comes to like Snapchat, again, I hear it. I have parents message me. I probably receive at least one message a month of saying, but my kids, has, they say they have to have Snapchat because, I know, it drives me crazy, because you know, none of their friends will text them anymore. They only communicate via Snapchat. That's a friend problem. That's not a, that's not a communication problem. So the question was, 
if you're a parent who've realized that you've kind of let your kid maybe have too much, go too far, and like, what do you do now? Like, I actually didn't know this, and so, man, I feel really convicted, and now I need to, I need to pull it back. Well, in the spirit of full repentance that we learn in Christ, we go to our child and we say, I have not done a very good job. I am so sorry, but we are gonna need to make some changes, and we can work together to make some of those changes. Ultimately, I'm gonna make that, that decision. But for example, say you've allowed Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, <laughs> and you've allowed them all. And you have to say, I, I had no idea that these were that bad. I was wondering why you're spending, you know, 20 hours a day on your phone, you're not sleeping, you're not eating, you know, right? So we're gonna dial it back. You know, what one app would you choose? And if they said Snapchat, okay, well, actually, we're not going to choose that one. <laughs> How about, right, but you can go from three to one, right? You can cut back. And, you know, I've not put any time limits on any of your apps, and we're actually going to install something that limits it. And you know what? I'm going to do it right alongside of you. I've got all of these same social media apps, and I don't use them as much, but you know what? I don't need them either. And you know, I'm using this much time and you're using this, much. I'm gonna cut mine in half as well. And you model it, you model it. Otherwise, it's, it's gonna be hard. It's, I mean, cause again, this is kind of, you know, taking the candy away from a child. There is gonna, it's gonna be hard. Not only that, it's way worse than that, it's addiction. Yeah. It, it's, sadly, it's more like taking the crack away from the, you know, the cocaine addict. I mean, I don't, Oh yes, absolutely. Oh yeah, you can do that. Actually, I can, right? That's the beauty of it. I don't know if y'all know this, but did you know that as a parent, you're not supposed to be your child's best friend? I, I, I didn't burst your bubble, but it's really is truth. It is absolutely hands down your right and your limit. You are not entitled to a phone. You are not entitled to social media. That is such a lie that is being spread around. And the more parents who are brave, the more parents who put their foot down, the, the better it is for all of us. I, funny story, I have kids um, who are my kids' friends come up to my kids at school and be like, I can't have Snapchat because my mom read your mom's book. <laughs> and do you know what my kids say? Good, welcome to the club. Right, so that's happened in numerous amounts of times. And because when parent, you know, I don't, I don't care if the kids are mad, but the, we, as parents, when you join together and you realize, and all of a sudden their friends can't have it either, so it's not that big of a deal because it's not about peer pressure, right? So, so going back to your question though, it is about, it's about humbling yourself. It's about repenting of what the error you've made and you make those changes right alongside with them, acknowledging that it is gonna be very hard and but that you're committed to making it better. So the question was, if when you take this stuff away, what do they do with their idle time? Knitting, of course. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Chores, All right? Come on, y'all got the answers, right? I mean, it is a, it's a very good, it's a very good question. And absolutely. And so when my kids are limited, you know what they do? I'm just going to bed. I'm like, it's 8.30. No, whatever. Okay. 
right? I'm okay with that. Hey, you know what? I have also found not only my children, but I've heard from others, they will return to books. If you've got books in your house, when you take that media away and they want something else, they want another story other than their own to be in, they will pick up a book and they will read it. Especially if you're modeling reading, right, on your own. Be a family of readers. But, you know, also, I, I say to my kids, come on, you know, we're going for a walk. I don't want to walk. I don't, I mean, I've, I've teenagers. I don't want to walk with you. Fine, walk ahead of me. But I'm walking behind you so that I know, you know, you just get them out and, you know, today we're going to do this. Today we're going on a hike. We're going, you know, wherever it is, you just got to get them moving. The thing is, is they get it back. They get it back. They realize, oh, yeah, there was so much joy and pleasure in all these other things, whether it be books, whether it be a craft, whether it be my daughter, you know, will, will return to music. I'm always like, you're so much better when you're like grounded from your phone. And she's like, I know. Then why don't we keep it this way, right? And that's for a for a while we actually did, you know. She's um, sixteen and a half now, but she was playing guitar and piano and all this kind of stuff. She, I, I really realized, you know, how much I missed it and how much I love it, right? So let's keep those restrictions on. <laughs> so that's, I mean, ultimately it is hard. I mean, some will fight against it. They will literally be like, I have nothing to do. You, you figure it out. They do. They really do. And and going, okay, I should probably say, leaving the smartphone just to go to the television is not really any better unless you are, you know, watching a family documentary on rocket science or something. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. 100%, yes. It, this all does apply to the small children. And, and if you can stay strong enough because... I mean, let's just be real. I did not have these devices when mine were small, but if I did, I probably would have felt the same temptation. You're crying, you're whining. Oh, here, you wanna watch a show on my, you know, my phone? <laughs> if I've heard that once, just out in public in general, right? I've heard it a thousand times, it's just so easy. But being cognizant of it when they're young makes it so much easier when they are older to keep that same limit going. Because if you allow all the cartoons and like simple kind of like learning to read, learning to count number type of apps on your phone, but then all and say, well, that was okay. But now, no, no, see, now this is not okay. They're going to be like, I'm sorry, but my brain is already, you know, wired to need this immediate gratification of this game. And so you're, you're 100% right. It all applies to the, the young and the toddler years as well. So in case you don't know, the American Pediatric Association recommends zero screen time from zero to six, uh, 18 months. Sorry, zero to 18 months except for FaceTime. So if you are like showing a video of grandma or something like that, a Zoom maybe or whatever, that, they don't really consider that to be, they've given that caveat. From 18 months to about two to three, they recommend 30 minutes of high quality co-viewed content. That's like nothing, 30 minutes, it's like nothing. You're like, I can't even take a shower in that time. How am I, right? <laughs> but, and then from three to five, it's like an hour to an hour and a half. 
But the problem is, is there's no recommendation over five. And so you all just left. And so we all, I think a lot of parents just think, well, it just can keep on gra gradually getting bigger, right? Until they're like nine hours at age 13 or whatever, but that's not the case. It should never really ever be more than two hours. And I would say that should be very mixed content, you know, where it's maybe a 30 minute cartoon in the afternoon, maybe 15 minute. I mean, but even then I think two hours is a lot, you know? So, um, especially when it comes to those games, those fun games with bright colors and fun sounds that they love to play. Those are really teaching immediate gratification, immediate gratification. I don't have specific recommendations necessarily, but um, as all my children are adopted, I am very thoroughly versed with counselors. <laughs> I spend a lot of my days, you know, for the, the, for the past many years, you know, with counselors. So I could definitely help guide someone if they had that specific scenario, but I would highly recommend, um, of course, biblical counselor, but you don't find them nearly as much. But if you can really do the investigative work of asking what they actually think about technology and making sure that they are not pro-technology, does that make sense? I mean, you, don't, you can't really be anti-technology anymore these days. But I would say that's a really important aspect because some of my children's counselors have been like, yeah, it's fine. They want to do that on the phone. I mean, they should probably be able to. And I say, oh, okay, well, then we're going to get a new counselor. <laughs> because no, you're not going to tell me that my child should have access to Snapchat to communicate with friends. Like that's just how it is. So all that to say, yes, if they have been exposed to something pornographic, some of it may be able to be, if it was mild enough, you can, as a parent, walk through all of that and monitor kind of their behaviors and their activity. If they're showing some signs, I, I would personally seek some sort of even short-term professional counseling just so that you know yourself what the signs would be to look for if they started acting out anything like that in that way but the best thing and and i can say this i can tell you and i'm telling you it's not easy i can say that i probably didn't do it the best myself but when you find something else something out like that don't freak out in front of them Go ahead and go into your bedroom closet and freak out all that you want. But in front of them, it has to be like, okay, so why don't you tell me, you know, what it is that you saw? What did you think about that? Even though inside you want to go rage, you have to stay calm and show them that, you know, it's okay. It's okay. And talk, talk through that. I'm not necessarily an expert on it, but I, I have had kids exposed to certain things at certain times. And a lot of it, they don't even understand. They just need to know that that's bad. They need you as the parent to confirm, yeah, that, that's not actually a good thing and that's not meant for children to see. Hope that answers your question. There is, if you do have teenagers or you know someone who, whose child may be struggling with pornography, we did this twice with our kids. I would say that I probably had three in high school and three in middle school. Oh, anyway, I don't know. They've, they've all been in high school and middle school forever, I feel like, <laughs> when you have this many. But at two different times, we went through Fight the New Drug, which is a 
websites that fights against pornography, they have a three-part video series. I highly recommend watching it first just to make sure you're okay with it. But it is meant to teach, like, I would say, like, you know, 12, 13 and over about the harmful nature of pornography. And it's called Brain Heart World, and it talks about pornography's effect on the brain, pornography effects on your heart, and on the world. And it's, it keeps their attention. It's really great. We've gone through it, um, like I said, twice in our house, and it's provoked very good conversations with our kids to openly talk about it. We actually bought a shirt from this organization that says Porn Kills Love, and we wear it. My husband and I wear our matching T-shirts when our kids' friends come over. <laughs> I wish I was joking. <laughs> At one point, I heard him whisper across the table, does your dad's shirt say porn kills love? Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, it does. You want to, have to talk about that? You know? <laughs> I think 100% not too much excessive. I believe that it is too tempting to allow a child to still use their phone in the middle of the night at all. So now we require ours to be put up in a room, and that room is locked with a fingerprint password <laughs> and their car keys go in there too because I know teenagers and this is not my first rodeo. These are my last <laughs> three. And so I've, I've been through it because I've tried different things and I'm like, oh wow, that did not work. They cannot keep their keys on them. You know, like certain, they're just different, right? So now you set a standard. I don't think it's too excessive at all. I think most parents actually, I think that's more of the norm, but then they hear, Oh, but you know, Susie's mom doesn't make her keep the phone up, and then you get to, you get Susie's mom is dumb. That's right. You get a little weaker. <laughs> you get, you know, and you just start caving a little bit more. But no, I think it's absolutely necessary. That temptation is too great. It needs to be put up at a certain time. And if you think that's eight o'clock, if you think that's six o'clock, or you know, whatever it is, yours was four in the afternoon when you came home from school. You know, again, it just depends. If your phone, if you're using your phone, can I ask how old you are? Okay, so yeah, so that's about that. With smartphones, we're really, really picking up, and every teenager had a smartphone when you were 15. Yeah, so I think it's harder now because they 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 do have a little bit more purpose on that phone. Um, sometimes it is a requirement of things that they're doing for school. They need to communicate with certain people and do certain things. Um, my kids um, do an online homeschool program, and they have to use Canvas, and that app, you know, is on that phone. But again, who's? I know you're not doing homework after 10 o'clock, right? So there, there is a time. I mean, they can definitely be locked up. Um, the, it's going to be different for every child, but still, hands down, not too excessive. They should always, always be taken up. Yeah, so that's the downside, and it's true. And, um, yeah, I mean, if we're on it, yeah. I mean, Canva, again, that's not most, most schools will not require that. And my kids, you know, I'm going to be honest, they only need that Canvas app when they're doing the online PE because they have to take a video of themselves working out, and they have to upload it straight from their phone. So I'm, I'm just being real. They go to, they do the Liberty University Online Academy. Everything else can be done on the computer that I have all of the monitoring and all the restrictions and everything set up, but that one thing they have to get on their phones. But no, that Gab phone does not, it, there is literally no apps. At popular um, you know, requests, they finally allowed the Find My iPhone feature 
because so many parents want to be able to track their kids. Um, it, yeah, you, you pay for an extra feature. Um, um, yeah. No, you don't have to pay for that. Sorry. It is available. The GPS, find my phone. Yeah, you don't have to pay for that. But you can pay for uh, multimedia messaging, which is the sending and receiving of pictures. Their first version came out, and they did not allow that at all. There was no sending and receiving of pictures, which I thought was fantastic because even if you have a middle schooler, even if you think you can trust them, turn that feature off because no middle schooler needs a camera. They do not need it. I've talked to administrators of, of middle schools from the Hill Country, all over San Antonio, New Braunfels, all over Texas. And every single one of them spends 70%, 75% of their job disciplining the sending and receiving of nude pictures inside the school. It's a hot mess. They don't need it. Turn that phone off. Did y'all have a, a phone that you can send pictures with when you were in sixth grade? Exactly. <laughs> You'd be like taking that picture, going to Walgreens, developing a hundred copies, cutting it up and being like, hey, tell me if you like me. Tell me if you like me, right? Come on, that's crazy. It's crazy. We can go back. <laughs> So, awesome. Okay, well, I can still answer more questions at the end, but I would just love to just to pray for all of you and your parenting journey, your media, technology, and um, brave parenting. Lord God, I thank you for who you are and your word. I thank you for the privilege, the ability to come speak here tonight, to share what knowledge you've given me, the experience that you've given me, God. And I pray that all my words were honoring to you and that they go forth and they produce fruit in the lives of these families and these parents. Lord God, I pray for each one of them to be brave in every way that you call them to, to raise children, grandchildren who know you, who love you, and who grew up to serve you, who view the world from your biblical standard, Lord God. And I pray against all of Satan's attacks on these families, Lord God, that they would be strong against them, that they would not be taken away by the truth claims that are vast on the internet, Lord God, but they would hold fast to your truth and your word. We love you, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Would you stand with me, please? Kelly will be out there if you would like to ask her questions or talk to her or get her book. I invite you to do that. And uh, I just want to say from all of us from, you know, from this point, one of the reasons why we have people in is uh, to, to share information. Maybe we, it's good to hear a different voice sometimes on these kind of topics. And it's also good for us because sometimes we feel like, well, we have a, a, a conservative kind of Christian lifestyle that we live and we can think that we're the only ones in the battle. But we are not the only ones in the battle. There's a lot of Christians of all different kinds and families and parents that say, I want to protect my children. And they are trying to fight this same battle that you are trying to fight. And so I want you to be encouraged by that. I want to just say as your pastor, please, 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 please dock your kid's phone outside of their room. 
do not let your kids go to sleep with their phones in their rooms or go to bed. They're not going to bed. That's one of the problems with our young people today is they're not sleeping. They're not sleeping. And if they are sleeping, they're sleeping so light waiting on the next alarm to go off. Take that phone away from them. There's bad enough things on there. It's consuming their lives. It is an addiction. And so please, uh, you know, do that. And all those things, be a parent. Be a parent. Don't let the world and, or your children intimidate you into not being the parent. You are the parent. You are responsible for those children and their lives. So don't be afraid to do that. And if you're a grandparent, these kids are going to come to your house. And what do you think they're going to try to do at your house? If your kids are normal they're going to try to do things at your house they can't do at home. And I'm quite certain we all have normal kids, right? If your kids are normal, if pornography is available to them, they will look at it. So someone has to build the wall. Somebody has to put up the barrier. Somebody has to stay on the tower and keep an eye on things. So I want to encourage you as parents to do that. And, uh, and we just pray that God's hand will be upon you. We're all in this together, aren't we? All right. Glad we can support and be with each other. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kelly. Let's give her a hand. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this devotion and podcast today. If you enjoyed it, we encourage you to please like it and share it with a friend. Visit us at Following Titus 2 for the latest Bible studies, resources and devotions and recipes. Don't forget that. Have a great day. God bless you.